You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everybody, this is Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast. We're coming to you a little earlier in the week this week. Uh, uh, there's some news about the uh, potential coach, uh, Brian Flores, and we want to discuss that. And uh, we want to pass along our condolences to the uh, Bob Kuchenberg family. Uh, unfortunately, the Dolphins lost a, a true warrior from their past, and uh, our hearts are saddened by that. With me today, I've got uh, Daniel Reinhardt and uh, Jim up, Johnson. Hello, everybody in land, Finland. All right, we're, we're going to kick it off a little bit. Uh, I think the three of us have varying uh, opinions on the potential new hire, uh, Brian Flores. So uh, I'm going to start with uh, Daniel today. <laughs> Daniel, what's your thoughts? All right, so we all have varying opinions and maybe varying degrees of reservation about this hire. I, I want to... I want to preface this by saying I'm a smart enough fan to know that we have to give a guy a chance before we judge him, before we judge what he's going to do at a new place with an, with new responsibilities as the head of a new team in particular. And so I wanted to make sure I start that, start this by saying that, but let me tell you right now, guys, that I am not impressed with this hire at all. As a matter of fact, like, as you guys probably know, I was, I was all aboard pulling in, bringing in Chris Richard. I've seen a proven track record from him in Seattle as well as what he's done in Dallas. But for me, I don't see that with this guy, Brian Flores. Obviously, you know, with the videos we see on YouTube and the things that we've seen against us playing New England over the years, we know he has some fire and we know he's been in the organization a while. It feels to me like this is a forced hire. Like, Maybe Greer knows this guy and it's comfortable. Maybe we're trying to pull a book off the shelf of the New England Patriots dynasty. Whatever it is, for me, this is not the guy. You know, so when when we've been talking about the potential hires over the last couple of shows, I told you guys earlier, I never actually thought about what I would feel like if Brian Flores was hired. I guess maybe I thought even though he was one of the top two candidates, it wasn't going to happen. But once it did, once they did say that Flores is supposed to be the guy, and keep in mind, none of this is set in concrete yet. So who knows what's going to end up happening, but it looks like he's the guy, right? And so when I heard that he's going to be the guy, I was absolutely dismayed. It was like, for me, what has he really done? He's been in the same program for the 14 years of NFL coaching, not even all of it as a position positions coach. You know, he was the linebackers coach for a year and called the plays. For me, that defense wasn't even all that impressive. And although he's been learning under Belichick, we see a lot of guys learn under Belichick. We see a lot of guys. So for me, I, I got to put this into perspective a little right, a bit, right? I have a, a good friend of mine here in the Des Moines metro area who's a Detroit Lions fan. Eric Saren, he's a Detroit Lions fan. I asked him what he thought of Patricia. And he had some, he had some hope coming into, but knew right away, you know, that Patricia wasn't going to be the guy to be able to lead the team. And so far... Patricia has shown just the same thing that most of the other Belichick coaches have shown. 
that they can do well in the system, but you take them out and you give them the lead on a franchise and they, they don't do nearly as well. And while the book's still out on Patricia, the only other one that has been mildly successful is Bill O'Brien, you know, and he's barely over 500. So I've got, I guess, reservations is putting it lightly, but I'm going to give the guy a chance. Because there are qualities and assets, and Mike, you'll go over some of the, the similarities with Belichick here in a bit, but there are some qualities and some assets of this guy that lead me to believe that maybe he can do it. And so while I am upset about this hire, I don't think that it's the hire we needed. We are in a rebuilding process. We're in the early phases of, of once again, trying to build from from young talent and the draft. Um, We are going to be doing a lot of things that the fans don't agree with, that they don't think are the best things for the franchise. And this was the beginning of that for me. Uh, I just, I'm going to, I'm going to take a seat. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to, after this, I'm not going to continue to say that I don't think he's the guy and I'm going to support him hundred percent because in the end, I'm a fan of the Miami dolphins and it doesn't matter if it's Joe Philbin, Tony Sperano, Cam Cameron. I don't care if we go one and 15, I'm going to support the team. Uh, that includes Brian Flores. So I'm hoping for the best, but didn't feel like that was how it's going to be uh, immediately. Yeah. How are you looking at the hire, Jim? Ha, huh, well, I can see that Daniel's not on board with Mr. Flores at this point. That doesn't sound uh, yeah, like it. Oh, oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I, I, no, no, no. I didn't like it. Yeah, I know what you're on saying. On board is a different you were You were already excited about uh, what Richard could bring to the table. Um, and I kind of was leaning towards Chris Richard from Dallas as well. And while I was watching the game yesterday, seeing him yelling at his defensive guys on the sidelines was, you know kind of a catch 22 you liked his enthusiasm you liked his enthusiasm and his fire but you know Dallas was getting their lunch money taken there in the second half so uh you know he he had need to their defense was horrendous yeah they had open receivers everywhere and uh you know that falls back to, you know partially on Richard so in one way I was liking what I was seeing from the coach and his and his being upset but on the other side they were they were letting the rams run all over them and it was a bit ugly so but backing up this train i you know all of our coaching hires recently you know we've had philbin and gase primarily the last couple and we hired these guys by association and from that i mean you know, Joe Philbin was was connected to Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, and oh man, it's it's going to be fantastic. We're going to get this guy, and uh, you know, he got put on a pedestal because of who he was associated with. And then Adam Gase, I mean, yeah, Peyton Manning looked like, made him look like a, a genius. So you know, you bring these coaches in, you have all of these high expectations, and you've looked at what's gotten done by those teams, and you figure it's a given that we're going to have success. But you know, these are still first-time head coaches, and they put on a pair of pants that's too big for them. Uh, and if they can't make it work, it's just sad. So you know, you got Brian Flores, who's never done a head coach. He's never really even been any type of offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. He didn't even get that title from the Patriots this year. But, you know, 
it's still there on the table. We've talked this about, you know, talked about this with Tannehill and the Dolphins. You know, the table is set. Now you got to make it. Now you got to make it happen. And you know, like you mentioned, Daniel, we're in a rebuild mode. You know, we don't know who's going to be quarterback. There's a lot of stuff in the wind yet. We don't know who our coordinators are going to be. Uh, so to me, you know, if we had brought in a John Harbaugh or a Bruce Arians, I would have more faith in what he, they were capable of doing. But with these, you know, new coach hires, uh, you basically have to, you know, look at what his work ethic has been and and how successful they have been in their jobs and uh you know climbing the 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 ladder through the coaching tree there but you really have to keep an open mind and hope for the best because you just don't know which way these guys are going to go so uh while i'm not excited i'm not really uh you know i'm not depressed about it either i just uh gonna have to have a wait and see mentality with this yeah, and I think it's important to keep in perspective, and you just kind of you touched on it there. He comes from a winning culture. He He's a three-time Super Bowl winning coach with the New England Patriots, right? But you hear this all the time with the other Patriot coordinators. They come from a successful organization. They have got a good head on their shoulders. And, Mike, go ahead and explain to us the similarities because from with Belichick because it actually kind of surprised me when you was talking about it earlier. Well, i got to back up a step. Okay. What was attractive, and one of the reasons I was in favor of Arians getting the job, was because I felt like if Bruce Arians came in, he'd be able to handle the players. There has been a discipline problem on this team for years. And, you know, we have players trying to tell the coaches what they should be doing, and we have players questioning, uh, authority and uh, not happy with their roles. And we have uh, uh, Rashad Jones deciding in the middle of the game he's not going to play anymore. You know, these are things that are unacceptable. Unacceptable. Bruce Arians is not going to put up with that. And uh, that's what I'm looking for in a coach. I'm looking for somebody to come in here and write the ship from a discipline standpoint. But it, you can't have the inmates running the asylum. I don't care how right they are. There's a time and a place to air your grievances, and it's not on the sideline uh, taking yourself out of the game. It's just not – that's not how you go about it. And uh, to me, that was the beginning of the end. You know, you have to have a coach take control of that situation, and uh, we didn't see Rashad Jones again that day. So as far as I'm concerned, that situation wasn't taken care of. Uh, now, that, that brings me to uh, Brian Flores. This guy has a reputation for being someone who is an excellent communicator with the players. Uh, he has been coaching with the Patriots 11 years. Uh, he's been with the organization 15 years. He was in the scouting department uh, as sort of a scout's helper for a couple of years, and then he was a scout for a couple of years. Uh, so he's seen different facets of, of the organization. He coached uh, the secondary. He coached the linebackers. Uh, he, he's got a pretty good familiarity with how defense works and ties together. He was a linebacker uh, in college. Uh, so, you know, the guy knows defense. And, and, and I'm not going to call him an expert because, you know, everybody's an expert at that level. But... Uh, you know, whether it, it his knowledge uh, transcends to, to the uh, 
head coaching level, we don't know. Nobody knows that. We, we don't know what kind of head coach this guy is going to be. But I think the reason he was attractive to the Dolphins was because he is a guy that, uh, number one, relates to the players. Number two, doesn't put up with bullshit. Uh, he's had a rough upbringing. He, he can stand up for himself. He's not going to, you know, back down to anybody. But he has that personality to where it's not going to be a confrontation. It will be a discussion, and he will win the discussion, if that makes any sense. Whereas with Gase, I think it was more confrontational, uh, as we saw on the sidelines a few times. Uh, does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. And uh, Bill Belichick had, had good words to say about Flores. And, you know, Bill isn't a guy that wastes a lot of words. So if he has good things to say, he means it. And, uh, you know, there was no win or lose or no real reason for those those plugs other than uh, he liked the guy and, and he did take his, you know, advice and stuff, you know, assistant to the head coach type of thing, pretty serious. So, you know, I liked, I liked the way he came up through the ranks. I like the way what I've heard from other players, coaches about his demeanor, and uh, he gets along with everybody, but yet he doesn't take any shit, and he's accountable for himself and the players. So, you know, that's a good step in the right direction. What many people may or may not know is Belichick had a very similar upbringing. Um, he did the same thing in the 70s. He began his career with the uh, Colts, and then he uh, got on the Giants staff as the uh, team special teams coach, and he was a defensive assistant. Uh, he later became Parcells' uh, right-hand man and defensive coordinator uh, before becoming the head coach of the Browns in the 90s, and then later the Patriots in, in 2000. So, you know, he spent his years developing in, in, the, in the same kind of method that uh, Flores has developed, uh, starting, you know, very low in the organization as, as you know, in, in the scouting department and then becoming a scout and then uh, being an assistant, a low-level assistant, and then rising up through the coaching ranks. So very, very similar upbringings. And I'm sure that, you know, Belichick has raised him in that manner for a reason. Uh, so we'll see how it works out, but uh, I think I think we should be a little more open-minded to it. Uh, there there is concern that he's never been a head coach before or actually a full-time assistant. I mean that's definitely a concern. Uh, but you also have to acknowledge he's been coaching eleven years, so this is not new to him. And and here's where I'll go with that. So the thing that I like about what his resume shows and what he has done in the past. I like the fact that he actually came up as a scout before he was a coach because we all know that we're rebuilding and Greer has a heck of a task in front of him to bring in the young talent that we're going to need to be able to build this team from the inside out. And as a head coach, and we talked about this pregame, Mike, we talked about how as a coach in the Bilicek tree and the thing that Bilicek does the best is get the most out of his players. He doesn't ask them to do what they can't do. And if Flores is in that mold, then he will see what our players can do. And he will help Greer scout the correct guys to bring in to do the other jobs, correct? It'll be collaborative. Right. So I do like that about Flores. And I, I don't 
I don't have any misgivings that he's a great man, that he's a leader, because obviously he blew blew the staff away in the interviews, you know, come in very prepared. What he had a plan for the first nine months of being on the job. So all of those things bode well for him to be potentially potentially successful. Uh uh, so I'm definitely going to give the man a chance. I've been known to be wrong in the past, and I am definitely not an NFL executive. So I don't know what the hell I'm talking about as far as who's going to be successful or not. I'm just a fan. And as a fan, it, it kind of upset me. Uh, I'm going to be okay, and I'm going to be on board with it. <laughs> I'm uh, glad you're going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to have any sort of heart attack or aneurysm. or My blood pressure is not going to raise over this. Okay, I, I'm going to be just the, fine. The thing is, are you going to pout all next year, though? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, there may be a couple of times in the future, not next year, but I, I may end up having to point at people and say, I told you so. But I, I don't like to do that. So Here's the thing with coaches, okay? If I told you that every coach is going to fail, I'd be right about 70% of the time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, big percent. Okay. Big per- That's and not it, my goal, though. Right. My goal but, is not to be right. I hope you're not right. Not me, too. I, I'm tired of people being right that have said our coaches are going to fail uh, because <laughs> we've had an awful lot of failures since uh, Don Shula hung them up. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, look, odds are against him. Um he may be a placeholder. I don't know what the organization is really thinking. You know, I, I mean, obviously they plan on rebuilding. They plan on taking a step back to move forward. And I'm all down for that. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is turning over coaches every three years. Yeah, I mean, um, I think you, if you're going to hire a first time coach, you have to understand you're hiring a first-time coach and is going to be growing pains. He's going to have to overcome adversity. If you fire him at the first sign of adversity, you're doing an injustice to your franchise. I don't care what the fans are crying about. Yep. you got to suck it up, and you got to get through it. That's another thing that we can agree upon, Mike. Yeah. yeah I, you, you, it, you've got to ride not. out the storm. Yeah and, yeah, and speaking to that, I don't think that Gase would have been fired if there was any other option. Uh, but no, I agree but, with that. But Ross's hands were tied. You know, if if you're if you're having arguments with your employees, and you know, he basically, you know, that employee stomps his feet and then loses control of whatever he's supposed to do. Yeah, but let me tell you something. Shuley argued with Ross all the, uh, with Robbie all the time, all the time, especially early on in his coaching tenure, because. Robbie was very, very cheap, and anything that Shula wanted, he had to fight for. Exactly. So there were big arguments, and there were throwdowns, and there were, there were, you know, they almost came to blows a few times. I mean, there were some serious disagreements. Yeah, but but Shula didn't lose the team. No, no, Shula didn't lose the team, and and Robbie and Shula always found a way to make amends, uh, even if they weren't talking for a while. Well, you know, they, they were they winning. Found a, right. They, but they found a way to make amends. Um, and I think as an owner, you have to do that sometimes. And as a coach, you have to back down sometimes. Uh, you know, because it is the owner's call. Regardless of what you think is best, it's the owner's call. And I think that it's important to note, too. You talked about Bruce Arians a little bit ago, and Jim, yep. Jim mentioned Harbaugh. Guys, as fans, sometimes we have unreal ex, unrealistic expectations. Yeah, they weren't coming here. They weren't coming <laughs> no here. No way. Right. Bruce Arians was not an option for us. John Harbaugh was a pipe dream. And we were going to have a first-time coach, especially in the midst of this rebuild. So as a front office, as Chris Greer, whether you know the guy or not, and rather – 
as Stephen Ross, you have to go with what you feel is going to be best. And as fans, we may not agree with it. Maybe we wanted Chris Richard. But in the end, when you sit down with these guys and one of them has a plan that is laid out and it's going to be more successful in your eyes, you have to go with that. So I, I will definitely support this. I will support these guys in their decision. I'm not going to call for Ross's head and all the fans who are saying that need to get their minds right because that's not going to happen. It's silly. Uh, I am. I'm going to support the decision. I'm going to watch for areas of improvement. Uh, I am going to see what the team does better. And I'm going to point those things out and see, this is why it was a good hire. Well, we hope, we hope it turns out to be a good hire, but uh, uh, the bottom line to all this is we're, we're stuck with the hire. You know, we're going, it's good or bad. We're stuck with it as part of being a fan. We got to ride out the storm as well. But here's what they liked about him. They, they felt like it was written that they didn't set out to look for an offensive or defensive coach. They sought out a head coach. And they felt like he was most qualified, personality-wise, to be a head coach. So that counts for something. That's what Absolutely they were looking at. That's what That was what was important to them. So whatever he said in his interview convinced them that he would be a leader of men better than the other candidates. There are a lot of examples for us to say that's exactly what they should be doing. You got guys like Jim Caldwell, who was an off off an awesome offensive mind, right? A great OC, but did not translate very well to head coach. And you got the same thing with like a Steve Wilkes, who is a great defensive coach, but it didn't translate to being a head coach. Well, you know, you look at, sorry, Daniel, but you look at these guys as a, as a position coach or a offensive defensive coordinator, your responsibility tree when you when you take one step from position coach to a to a coordinator position and then from that to head coach a lot of these people have no idea of the day-to-day stuff that they're going to have to maintain and it becomes exponentially more difficult to remain in control of everything so uh, that's that's a big step to go from any type of position coach coordinator position to a head coach so it's not it's not for everybody and you know everybody can't be successful with it and if you've got a franchise quarterback uh that makes you look all that much better makes you look a lot smarter yeah exactly so you know it's you know all of these coaches that have gone from OC DC with no experience at all to uh success or a failure as a coach is i mean it's sometimes it's the luck of the draw you know Sometimes it's Patrick Mahomes coming out of the woodwork. You never know what's going to give a guy success. Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting to see who he can bring in as his coordinators. Because as I said earlier, he's only, he's only been a, a coach in one place for one program. And so it's going to be really important for him to bring in minds on both sides of the ball that are going to help him succeed, regardless totally of agree. who we have at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that was my next question. Who do you think they're going to try to get in here for coordinators? I've heard some, some Jim Caldwell talk for OC. Have you guys heard any more about those choices? That's why I brought up Caldwell's name. He's really the only one that I've heard to this point. But, yeah, I don't have There was any an article idea. this morning that mentioned a few names, but nobody that really jumps out at me to say, oh, wow, that's, that, that'll be a great hire. Yeah, right. Now. Same here, yep. Maybe yeah, they can so, bring in Chris Richard as DC. Oh, man. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Completely kidding. Yeah. Completely. Kidding. I think. Yeah. I think. Jer- you never know. You never know. You know, he's got to reach out to somebody, and there's only so many somebody's out there. So we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, there's 31 other teams. Well, maybe not the Bengals, but uh, 30 other teams that that uh, have those positions filled, and that's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, yeah, and with all the fans being so pissed off about this hire, and and frankly, they were. There's a lot of fans that are pissed off about the hire. Let's keep it in perspective. I, I just think it's going to be really important for this front office to keep Rizzy, because if if Rizzy moves on, there are going to be some more fans that are just going to be pissed off. They can only keep Rizzy if Rizzy wants to stay. I, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, you know what? They keep saying that there's a lot of a lot of attention for Rizzy. Yet you haven't heard about any interview, or I don't think the phone has rung for for an interview. Uh, or we'd be hearing something, uh, you know, most, yeah, nobody else has interviewed him for any, yeah. any head coach position. There are, there is interest in him, special, uh, obviously as a special teams coordinator. Right. Yeah. But there's interest, but it, it has, nothing has happened. So, you know, I think, let's put it this way. If he quit, he'd have a job tomorrow. Oh yeah. If he, if he walks away, cause he's upset about not getting the head coach job, that's one thing, but I'm sure that Chris Greer has had a conversation with Rizzy and, uh, you know, he's like the longest tenured, uh, Dolphins coach. So I'm sure the Dolphins front office wants to keep him as well, but Hey, it's a, it's a dog eat dog world out there in the NFL. So we'll see where it ends up. Yeah, the ball is in his court. It's as simple as that. You know, uh, he can demand money. He can demand, you know, be an assistant coach. He can demand whatever he wants to demand. But uh, the ball is in his court. If he doesn't like the direction, he can say, you know what, I've had enough of the Dolphins. I think I'd like to go elsewhere and and go. That's it. You know, and I I just want to add this. It's not something we really talked about and maybe, you know, whatever. I like this hire much more than I would if I was an Arizona Cardinal fan bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. This guy has no head coach, no no coaching experience at all in the NFL. So if I was a Cardinals fan, I, I think I'd be a little bit more dismayed about it than than I am with this one. Yeah, Just it's not it's not a real pretty picture down there in Arizona right now. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have you know 15 years of Belichick teaching me than coming from a college program. I I kind of agree yep. with that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 35 and 40, no less. Not yeah. even a winning record in college. Right. Oh, there was one other name that I did hear, and I don't remember where I even heard it, but it was a name that popped up. It was uh, Brett Bielema for defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's been all over the place in college. That's not actually something that I would really be too upset about he's a heck of a coach so yeah i wouldn't be upset about that we'll see how that goes we'll see if that happens yeah he's actually uh been involved with uh the patriots as he's been a you know the last year with the patriots so that's the rumor is that uh flores may pr- try to bring him down to the dolphins um in some form so we'll see what happens yeah supposedly he's a confidant of uh Belichick. yes exactly yeah he's been uh scouting you know uh, the pro day scouting and special teams and assistant to belichick is his actual uh title up there in foxborough right and and he was a part of a bunch of smash mouth defenses in the big 10 and and stuff like that too so it's not a lot of people think he's an asshole and and maybe he is you don't have to be a really kind kind hard-hearted guy to be a great coach so yeah he uh, for all those people thinking that he won't work out because he's an asshole I would. I would. A little asshole on your coaching staff can be a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. He was uh, sixty-eight and twenty-four 
uh, his record was in seven years at Wisconsin. So uh, he was let go because he had a couple of losing seasons at the end. But, uh, uh, you know, he still has a lot of coaching experience. And, uh, you know, I he might not be a bad D.C. here in Florida. Yeah, as an alum of a Big Ten school, I've seen a lot of Billima. I mean, we all know Parcells, right? He wasn't exactly a picnic. Right. Come on, he was real I friendly. Uh-huh. I liked. I, I <laughs> only if your name was Lawrence Taylor. I did. Li- I did like the way he treated reporters. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, and J- Jimmy Johnson wasn't necessarily a nice guy either. You know, I mean, they, you got to have a little bit of asshole in you to get these guys to uh, uh, do what they need to do. But on the other hand, there's there's always good cop, bad cop. I don't care what staff you're on. There's somebody somebody there to put your arm around the guy, and, and you know cross that bridge between i hate fucking being here and uh you know uh, getting getting with the program so what do you guys think what do you think's going to happen with chris kosurek for the well our d-line coach well it sounds like he's going to new york for if you believe the reports yeah i read where it's where he's probably going somewhere but it may not be to the jets but who knows yeah i like the guy i wouldn't mind keeping him but you know, we're probably we're probably looking at a ninety percent new staff. You know, I I'd, think so. I'd be very so. surprised if we kept more than Rizzy, to be honest with you. Yeah, you may keep one or two guys, but most of them are going to go, and you're going to keep one or two guys, quite honestly, because you can't find somebody just yet to replace them. Yeah, that's typically how it works. So, all right, anything else you guys want to add? More than just thank you for listening to the podcast. You will definitely be able to follow along with all of the conversations that we have on not only Brian Flores, but also, you know, the potential OC and DC, as well as players that we bring in. We're always talking Tannehill. We're always talking Greer and Ross. Come and visit our page at Miami Dolphins, hashtag one on Facebook. That's where you can find us in our everyday conversations and follow along with what we're doing here. Jim? Yeah, no, that's about it. Daniel uh, gave us gave gave you our sales pitch, so we'd be glad to have you over there talking Dolphins football, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, yeah, if you're listening, we'd love for you to share the podcast. Uh, you, you all belong in other Dolphin groups or uh, have other Dolphin friends, have them listen. Uh, make sure they subscribe, and uh, we'll be able to keep the podcast around a while. Yeah, please like, share, and comment on the podcast as well. Special shout out to Eric for speaking to me today about Patricia. And we just wanted to say one more time, rest in peace to Kuchenberg. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. I appreciate you chatting with me today. Absolutely. And uh, we'll be back next week, uh, a week from Tuesday. And uh, fins up. Fins up. Fins up, all. Fins up.